Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Preacher's Corner, and welcome to this Wisdom Wednesday. I'm Pastor Jay, and we're going to be diving back into Proverbs chapter number 3 this week, and we're going to be overviewing a little bit of verse number 13 going down to where we left off last week, starting at verse number 19, and, and just recapping the point of two things. One is wisdom, the other is understanding. And what we're going to be receiving from today is the reality that they, both wisdom and understanding, when they come together, they, they provide such beautiful things for us as we're about to see, such as a, a guide for our life, a correction to our path, a long life that, that uh, is promised to us from the Lord. So without further ado... Let's dive right into the, the wisdom of the Lord as he provides through Proverbs. Father, we thank you and ask thy blessing upon us that we may be able to rejoice in these moments of Proverbs and that we may receive of the nuggets of wisdom provided we come to an understanding of those things that we may be able to honor you in all our thoughts and the things that we do, that we being pleasing in your sight, may be able to serve you with longevity here in this life and with a great expectation of well done, good and faithful servant in the next. We praise you and ask thy blessing upon this time together here at the corner in Jesus' name. Amen. As an overview in verse number 13, moving down to verse number 19, you see, happy is the man that finds wisdom and that gets understanding. Now, Oftentimes, we tend to put these two things together. We tend to think that understanding is wisdom, vice versa. But the reality is, is that a person can come upon a great deal of wisdom, but not understanding how to apply all the things that they know, they don't have a great strength of understanding. So, you, you've met several of people who might have doctorate degrees in, in lots of different things, a uh, particular person that I've spoken to within the, the just last couple of weeks uh, had, had uh, gone to college. They had received this degree in agronomy science and in, in, in agriculture. They, they, they went through, and, and as the person said to me, well, I was a good test taker. So they breezed through college and, and got this piece of paper, but when it came to entering into the particular science field or entering into a particular uh, a job or realm that, that they could apply those things which they had spent four years learning, so to speak, uh, the reality is, is that they're not doing the work that they had gone to school for because though they have all of this wisdom, they have no idea how that book work applied to actual life work, and so there wasn't a job available for them. Whereas I've known plenty of people that have been in the field that, that have been working these particular things this young man would go to school for, but they've never gone to school a day in their life. And so that they, they, in their application of understanding the things that they have to do, are very efficient and proficient at the work that they, they have every day, though they have not gained the, the particular sciences or the particular uh, information that would be 
much needed for them to be able to go out beyond the boundaries of what they do every day because they they don't have the wisdom to know to be able to do more or to be able to uh, combine things together, but they have an understanding of those things which need to be done in order to accomplish the work. So this is where you have understanding by itself apart from wisdom that was possible to glean and where you have wisdom by itself with a lack of understanding on how to apply the knowledge. So what we're finding from God is that that wisdom and understanding, when they come together, that's when you discover that the merchandise that, that is born out of wisdom and understanding coming together, like it says in verse number 14, is, is better than silver or the gain of fine gold. You know, when, we, when you're able to take that which you have learned, apply it to the areas of life that you have learned to apply it to, and, and that wisdom comes with that understanding and ends up becoming a blessing to the lives of multitudes around you, that's when, when learning was worth it. That's when, when it makes all the difference in the world. He says that, that she, referring to wisdom and understanding, she is more precious than rubies. Uh, and all the things that you can desire are not to be compared with wisdom and understanding with her. Now, verse number 16 showed us that length of days is in her right hand. Now, often in Hebrew thought, you'll discover that the right hand is regularly being recognized as the position of strength. And so that you would see Jesus as Stephen would testify of him in Acts chapter number 7 as he's being stoned to death by the Sanhedrin court that's raging at him because of his testimony of, of Yeshua being Messiah. And, and he says, look, I see the heavens have opened and that Jesus is standing at the right hand of the Father. And so you see this, this position of strength and authority being the right hand. And in this position, you'll find that it tells us that, that on a right hand is length of days. In the left hand is found riches and honor. And so when you are able to receive of the wisdom of God, by the way, this is only dealing with the things of God. This isn't dealing with, with any particular wisdom you can achieve on the earth. It's not dealing with any, any type of wisdom that you might apply in anywhere else in your life except for your soul as concerning the word of God. Remember back in Proverbs chapter number one, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Remember that we, we also covered in, in chapter number two, even in chapter number three, that we have this repetitive point that, that it is not to lean upon our own understanding, but in all our ways to acknowledge the Lord, to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. It's very important for us to wrap our heads around the point that wisdom is not from us or of us or through us, but that wisdom comes from God. And at that, it's not the experiential connection of, of our feelings and emotions that brings us to wisdom or knowing God. It's our connection to His Word. 
And that and it's so vital, not only in the word that be written, that we're reading in front of us, that, that our eyes be hearing and that our ears be seeing right now, not just the written word, but the word that is Christ. Remember, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In verse 14 of John chapter number one, it says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So vital for us to to keep that in mind, that that wisdom rises up within us to the understanding of our need for God's word to be, as it says in Psalm 119, that lamp unto our feet and that light unto our path, that through his word we would not sin against God, being hidden in our heart, knowing what we are supposed to do, what we're not supposed to do, how we're supposed to be, how we're not supposed to be. It's all vital, and it's when we receive of the word of God, guys, it's so much more precious than any silver that could be amassed or gold that's chased after. It's it's so much more precious than the finest of stones that could be achieved in your life because nothing can be compared to that. The word of God is what, what literally provides a length of days. Now consider... Apart from the Word of God, how would we know salvation? Apart from the Word of God, how would we know to live a pleasing life before God? Apart from the Word of God, how will we know anything about our God? And so we understand that when you consider the length of days on the earth as being, what, 90, 100 years at the maximum, for most people, you're looking at 75 to, to 85 years of age, maybe 90. And when you look at that maximum, it's, it, it's not a length of days, really. Because when you consider the eternity of the soul and its eternal estate, rather, with God and in his throne room to dwell with God for eternity or to have rejected God's word, find yourself separated from God, isolated from, from the love of God and the presence of God in the pits of hell, eternity is a length of of days. And so we understand that the word of God possesses the length of days for any life in in her right hand. The very strength of life itself is found in Christ alone. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said in John 14, 6, and no man comes unto the Father but by me. And so we find that there is no extension of, of the days of our life apart from Christ, but a certain fearful ending that we face when we, we are separated from this life, we are separated from eternal life as rejecting God and not receiving his word and being cast into hell waiting for the judgment day. So it's important to understand that the length of days being in, in, in the right hand of wisdom is recognized as the very connection of our life in Christ, who is God's word, where we glean wisdom from. And remember what he said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning 
of knowledge. Knowledge equating to wisdom and the necessity to understand. Do you understand what it means to fear the Lord? Do you understand the point that is made here in verse number 19 as we proceed that that by by wisdom the Lord founded the earth. He he made all things as revealed in in John chapter number 1. Again, we see that that not only in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, but we see that the same was in the beginning with God, the same meaning the word who became flesh, which is Jesus, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him that word in him was life, and that life was the light of man. So it's very important to realize that the Lord, by wisdom, has founded the earth. It's through his word and wisdom that, that he founded the earth. By the Lord's understanding, he established the heavens. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And the reality today is that the very creativity of mankind exists because of the creativity of our God who made us in his image and his likeness. We can reproduce so many different things in this modern day, but we can't create anything brand new. As the scientist who would say that evolution be the, the reality and that we no longer have need of God, and so that God would say, okay, if evolution be replacing me, then uh, reproduce earth in a lab without any elements that you find on the earth. And let's see how that works for you. Let's see how far the wisdom of man can, can take him compared to the wisdom of God. Let's see how the understanding of man may be able from nothing to be able to manufacture even something so simple as dirt. And the reality is, is that man must glean from the elements that God had already created in order to be able to make anything in this life. And so that we must accept the wisdom of God and that we can do nothing apart from God's wisdom. Even to have a thought about something other than God is, is revealing the very strength of God's understanding and that he would create us with a heart like unto his own and that the discovery of corruption that had come in from the choices that would be made because of the heart that is like unto his own falling into a state of wickedness that, that, that we, we couldn't even know anything apart from the very wisdom of God at the first. And so the, the, very, the very wisdom of God founded the earth and understanding that established the heavens, which declare the glory of God and show his handiwork according to Psalm 19, verse number 1, that very wisdom gives us the ability to obtain wisdom as we study the, the things that God has created and as we study the, the word of God to be able to understand how all of these things work, we grow in our knowledge, but 
only as it is ascribed unto the Lord through the fear of recognizing that Almighty God has made all these things. Apart from God, you have no wisdom, but a certain fearful looking to of the judgment that shall be applied. You see, uh, verse number 20, by, by God's knowledge, the depths of, uh, are broken up. The, the seas, in other words, through the knowledge of God, remember in, in day two where, where land was brought forth and he broke up the, the depths that, that would separate uh, the, the oceans by the land masses for mankind to be able to have a place to dwell. By his knowledge, that was done so that we have the continents that we, that we have in our day today and that the clouds drop down the dew. God established a hydrologic cycle by bringing the earth into existence and creating the atmosphere in such a means that evaporation is possible from the oceanic systems to be collected together in, in formulation of the clouds because of the te temperature variations and the oxygen that, that he would establish and the necessities that he knew that his creation of man would need, and that those clouds, as they form together from freezing in, in the atmosphere of ice crystals that would, that would become eventually so heavy as they traveled in their course around the world in the atmosphere— that they would break forth and that that rain would be the end result and so that the rain would fall upon the earth nourishing the earth and bringing forth the vegetation and giving life to 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 the dust of the earth only to dissipate the cloud but that the rain going into the ground would ultimately go into systems of of fresh water that would ultimately lead to the oceans once more that you would have this cycle that would continue on unto this very day from the moment that God had created all things. And by his wisdom, this cycle never fails. This cycle, though it may be painful in some situations like the drought that we have in, in the West out here this year that we struggle with, with a lack of rain, and yet we still have experienced certain periods of rain because the cycle never fails. And it will never fail until God disrupts that cycle, which we see happening in Revelation. And so it's very important for us to see the very knowledge of God, the wisdom that sustains us. And, and it's the length of days in our recognition that it is our God who has made provision for us. He says that the, in verse 20, as we just discovered, that his knowledge, the depths were broken up, the clouds dropped down the dew. Then this instruction that comes again as, as a reiteration from Solomon, he said, my son, let not them, okay, them being wisdom and understanding as, as being referred to all the way back at verse number 13. So wisdom and understanding. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Now, the eyes that is being referred to is in connection to the colon here. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. Very cool word there. Is don't let them depart from your eyes. And, and this is very important because it's not necessarily dealing with the two eyeballs that you have in your head that are pulling in the sensory inputs of the world and, and, and what you see. It's not necessarily the, the reality there. But the eyes of the heart. Okay? Now, 
your eyeballs, your ear holes, your nose holes, and all of your digits and skin on the outside of you are all pulling in inputs. They're input-output cards inside of the computer system that you're living in called your body, right? That They're pulling in sensory inputs from the environment around you so that your heart, the, the very core of your nature, that intellect that exists inside of you that that gives you ability to reason, that gives you the ability to make choices, to decide things, that, that place in you that is right or wrong, good or evil, uh, pleasant or nasty, that, that, that very core nature of you is using all of these sensory perceptors, uh, inputs as it was, to, to understand the world around you. And so as your heart is connected to the Word of God, you will receive the information that is coming in with all of these different sensory inputs with the knowledge of, of the Creator, which gives you a certain perspective called the biblical worldview. And you see these things based upon what the Bible has revealed, the fact that sin is entered in the world, and that's why things are dying, the fact that, that because of sin entering the world, that corruption has come with it. That's why people are killing each other, and why things are being stolen, and why people can't get along, and why why uh, flowers fade and houses fall apart and why you have to continually do maintenance on the car and why why you you have relationships that that seem to be so strong that end up falling apart at the silliest little things the corruption of this world and through the lens of of that biblical understanding seeing the wisdom of God and understanding the reality of 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 Genesis account and how sin entered the world and the effects of sin and why things are the way they are today from a biblical worldview, it completely changes everything about how you consider everything. But to approach this from a more of a secular worldview, where though you might be a bing, bing, Christian, Though you might attend church, you you prefer to rely upon those things you think you know from the science community, and you prefer the naturalistic explanations of evolutionary thought that that would you know all things came through gradual process and random chance of accidental happenings that that uh, man was not created at a definitive point of time, but that through a process of gradual changes that amoebas and, and single-celled organisms became man, that the Big Bang Theory is, is reality and that uh, from nothing you had an explosion of nothing and, and all of a sudden you've now got everything over billions and billions and trillions and quadzillions of years if that's what it takes to be able to try and further explain your point because you don't have one. Uh, a little facetious for a point there. It's just ridiculous uh, in, in, on its face. But there are multitudes of people, even at churches, who follow an evolutionary thinking. There are a multitude of people who follow the, this, this, this concept of a natural world apart from supernatural God 
And so they govern all of their lives except for, and this is the interesting point, except for that one day of the week when they show up at church. <laughs> and they show up at church for what? They, they've rejected the wisdom that comes from God. They've rejected understanding the, the, the creator or creation for they've chosen this other framework, this other view, this, this way of the world to believe in for, for all those things because of science when understanding that the very word science itself is, is a word that means knowledge. And so you understand that, that there's a direct challenge of the knowledge of man and what he thinks is true from the knowledge of God and what he knows, what he reveals to be reality. There's a lot of things that we as man think are true, but oftentimes we discover that what we thought was true is actually not real or was actually false. Whereas everything we've ever received from God from his word has been revealed to be a reality and has been revealed to be true. As the scripture would say, let God be true for all men are liars. <laughs> and he's true. He's right. As Jesus is the truth, it makes perfect sense for he was there in the beginning and that all things being made by him and that nothing would, would be existent if it hadn't been made by Jesus and that it was made in truth and it was made through righteousness that all of these things will be as they were created to be because God never fails, God never changes, God his creator. It's, guys, it's Proverbs. It's wisdom. But the question, do you understand it? Do you still seek after the naturalistic explanations for things that can only be understood in the, in the framework of supernatural creation from Almighty God? Are you still looking for wisdom from man when it doesn't exist in man? Apart from God, it doesn't exist. Only God. And people just don't like to hear that point. Only God has wisdom. And yet the, the great thing about it is when we come to Proverbs chapter number four, is God who freely gives, ask James said. Remember back in James chapter number one, he said for the person that doesn't know, all he has to do is but ask. Ask. And Jesus said, ask and it shall be given to you. Knock and it shall be opened to you. Seek and you'll be able to find it. This isn't something where God is trying to, to confound you or, or to keep you at a distance and, and only give you just a taste of a nugget so that you would say, okay, well, it's almighty God, but then keep himself so distant from you so that you couldn't possibly ever understand him. No, in fact, our God, unlike any other religion in this world, our God literally gave a fullness of understanding to man through his word. So if you're trying to experience God with your emotions, you will fail because your emotions are unstable. And if you try to experience God through your own understanding, through your own desires, just like he already told us not to lean upon our own understanding, 
then you're going to have a different kind of God. You're going to have a different Jesus from the Jesus of Scripture, a different God from the Almighty Father of the of the Scripture, because you're chasing after those things that you think and that you believe to be a reality instead of relying upon God's Word to be your guide. We can't know God at all apart from his word. We can't know God rightly in the least apart from the very written word of God. And so that people would come to to a rescuing device of logic, that's actually a logical fallacy, but they, they try to use what is considered a rescuing device to say, yeah, but, 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 but the Bible was written by men, so it couldn't be trustworthy because men are not trustworthy, and so you're relying upon a source that isn't trustworthy. Yeah, that's, that's a logical fallacy due to the fact that, that you are literally saying that God is not able you know, the, the, to be able to bring forth his word through man so that we may be able to know him. You're, you're saying that, that it's impossible for you to know God at all and that, that your experience of, of the senses is more valuable than the written word of God, but you in, within yourself are a nature of corruption as well. So there's, it, it's impossible to rightly know God even though his word has said that it is entirely possible to know him, and the, the way in which we come to know him is through wisdom and understanding that comes from his word. So how are we to receive it? Well, the reality is, is that a pen of its own self. You look at this pen right here. A pen of its own self does not have the ability to write what it wants to or what it desires to write because the pen in and of itself is only an instrument that that can be of no value unless that pen be in the hand of of the master of words that needs to be crafted and written. So understand that man in and of himself, like the pen, is completely worthless to accomplish any any work or anything that, that would be purposed of him to be able to do, even though he was created for the ability to do it. Just like this pen was made for the ability to write, this pen was created for the purpose of being able to write, but the pen in of itself can do nothing lest it be in the hand of, of the intelligence that would move it across the page. And that is the truth of man and his wisdom connection to God through his understanding of, of his position before God, that, that God used all of these different authors throughout the span of fourteen to 1,600 years to be able to create and produce these marvelous works of the books of our Bible. Indeed, they were men, but men holy men of God is revealed in 2 Peter chapter 1 who, who were moved by the Holy Ghost. Oh, it was God that wrote this word. Every single letter of it was from God. 
And these people that we have, the Word of God collected together as the scriptures we use today, were people who were as the pen in their hand, in the hand of God, so that His Word in its perfection, be known to us today. We can rely upon the Word of God without fail, without question, because even though man was the instrument that was used to bring it to pass, it was not the thoughts of man that was written upon the page, for much of the Bible would not be something that a man would reveal of himself, but only that which God can make known. He comes down and, and he speaks to verse number 22. He says, So shall they be life unto your soul. Very important. And, and grace to your neck. They, again, wisdom and understanding together. A person apart for, with, with all the wisdom, let me say it that way, a person with all the wisdom apart from understanding what they've learned have not much of anything to go by. And a person that carries a great deal of understanding but lacks wisdom is, is a person that needs to be able to study to show themselves approved unto God. So wisdom and understanding come together like mercy and truth. And, and it's very important that we understand that they, as one, like husband and wife coming together as one, our life unto the soul. This is for your soul's sake. He said, once you get those two things together for length of days and life to your soul, then shall you walk in the way safely. <laughs> I put out a post just recently talking about, you know, safety first, and then it's a joke with these military guys. He says, safety first. He said, nah, nah, coffee first. Safety is like third or fourth. <laughs> and if you ever catch me talking about this, this idea, you'll hear me sometimes say safety third is <laughs> because it's there's some things that are really important, like wisdom and understanding. Now, if you are wise and have a great deal of understanding, indeed you're going to walk in, in your path safely because wisdom is going to give you discernment about the world around you and understanding is going to be able to help you to proceed in those things which need to be done in life around you so as to be safe in your conduct, safe in your direction. So if you have wisdom and understanding together in you, then indeed you shall walk in the way safely and your foot is not going to stumble because you're not going to be drawn to the left or to the right. You're not going to be tossed about by, by the winds like James, again, was saying that a double-minded person is unstable in all of their ways. It's like a person tossed to and fro, not knowing it really what to believe. And a lot of uh, Christians today are, are just that in, in these different movements that have popped up that have drawn the believers away from the, the settling their heart in the Word of God to, to chase after like this emergent church movement and all of these things to question everything and end up believing nothing and being open for everything to be okay and everything to be permissible so that the Word of God has been uh, watered down to not 
not meaning what it says and not saying what it means, and so that we just gather together and play a bunch of rock and roll songs, throw our hands up and feel like we've had an amazing worship service without much preaching at all, because preaching requires definitive truth, requires definitive point of doctrine, and we're not allowed to believe in doctrine anymore because we're we're that would be too too concrete. It would be too real, and we don't want to be real anymore. We have no more understanding. We lack wisdom. And so we're tossed about by every little wind of doctrine that's thrown out there as not believing anything, thereby canceling out everything. And yet still we claim to be Christians. How funny is that? And then he he says, when we lay down, we're not going to be afraid. If we've got wisdom and understanding, if we understand the authority of God, we understand the salvation of our souls, we understand that the love of God that is for us, we could lay down in the middle of a war zone and not be afraid. We can, we can lay down and sleep, and boy, will that sleep be sweet. A haunted soul is one that has not settled itself upon the truth of Christ. A haunted soul. It said, be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of desolation of the wicked when it comes. By the way, it's going to come. The wicked have not but to go into desolation. The wicked have not but to be destroyed. But it's not of necessity to be afraid of those things. For the Lord is our confidence. And the Lord will keep our foot from being taken. Thank you, Jesus. And I love verse number 27. Don't withhold good from them to whom it is due when it is in your power to be able to give it. Someone asks you need of a, of a cup, you give them a cup. It doesn't matter how you feel about them, whether they like you or you like them. None of that makes a difference. The love of God goes beyond how God feels about us, doesn't it? Uh, certainly, if God operated on, on the basis of the way that he felt about us, none of us would have a hope of salvation, for all of us had been a, a rebel in our heart at some point. In many ways, we've been a rebel still, even though we're children of God. We remain rebels in, in certain aspects of our lives because there's places that, that we want to go that God said not to go. There's things we want to do that God said not to do. There's there's thoughts that enter our heart that are that are just in rebellion to God, and we're going to do it. And so we find even to this day that we stand a rebel to our king. And yet we see that, that the scripture reveals to us that... that it is through wisdom and understanding that we're able to subdue our own conscience, our own hearts, as well as be able to serve others. And so that we do not withhold good from them to whom it is due. Amen. If somebody needs help, we help them. Rather rather we like them or not is immaterial to the point of what their need is and that God, even when we did not know him in many points of our lives, came to our aid by others when we didn't realize that, that we didn't know him, that we needed the help and God helped us. And so when we see our neighbor, uh, we, we help our neighbor. He says, say not unto your neighbor, go and come again tomorrow I'll give to you. He said, no, if they have a need, you have the ability to fulfill that need. Just take care of it right then and there. 
He said, don't devise evil against your neighbor, seeing that he dwells by you securely. Don't, don't plot on your neighbors, and that happens a great deal. Don't, don't plot on other people. Just, just be a neighbor. Praise God. Just be a neighbor. Don't strive with man without cause. In other words, don't fight with people for no reason. Don't be hateful to people because you feel like they're being mean to you or you think that they're bad people or somebody said something about them and you decided that what was said was going to be the way it was, so you built a case against them. Don't don't be hateful to other people. He said, don't envy your oppressor and choose none of his ways. He said, for the, the forward... In other words, the hatefulness of a person is abomination to the Lord. But his secret is with the righteous. What is that secret? Well, it's not too complicated, guys. His secret is with the righteous. See, the curse of the Lord is in the house of wickedness, but he blesses the habitation of the just. You see... Be good to those that are falling apart because they need to know Jesus. Surely, uh, God's going to deal with scorners, right? He's going to deal with the hateful, but He gives grace to the lowly. And in another place, you'll find, I believe it was James chapter number 3, that God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. It's the same point that James is drawing from here in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34, that Surely, the, the proud, the scorner, the one that's, that, that's hateful, God is going to deal with in a very harsh way. He scorns the scorner, but he gives grace to the lowly. And the wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be a promotion of fools. <laughs> Imagine that. A fool in his folly. Praise God. He's got us through Proverbs chapter number three. Amen. I pray that you have received a great deal from this. I know that that in the studies of it, I've, I've gleaned a great deal. So I thank God for it. Next week, we'll kick up in Proverbs chapter number four, a place that I'm excited to get to because it's a section of scripture that I regularly am quoting from. And, and it's just so good. So until then, we will turn to the Lord in prayer, asking for His blessing, and then back to Revelation tomorrow for chapter number 9, and oh boy, the critters. Father, we thank you and pray that thy blessing be upon us, that we receive of thy wisdom today. We're grateful for everything that you have provided and trust in all of your ways. It's understanding through wisdom, Lord, and through understanding that it is your ways, not our own that make all the difference in the world for long life. So God bless it. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. God bless you guys, keep you guys, and cause his face to shine upon you. And we'll see you tomorrow in Revelation chapter number 9. Take care.